It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. Welcome on into the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast presented by our good friends at Fetch Me. Fetch Me Home Delivery, free in your phone's app store or fetchmedelivery.com. They're the only truly local delivery service in town. They're Auburn people. They say it all the time. They live by the Auburn creed, so give them some love. Use promo code FETCHME20 for your first delivery free. And Auburn basketball, anytime the Tigers score over 85 points, you can use promo code AUBALL85 for your delivery half off. Big fans of them, and thank you for uh, everything that Fetch Me does to support the show. I'm Zach Blackerby, Michael Paps of ESPN 1067, and my co-host on Auburn O'Blagger this morning. I don't think he's going to be saying a whole lot, but he's hanging out in studio. Brett Smith, hello. Hi. Hey, buddy. Michael, you ready to roll? I am ready. We got another list, another top 10 list. These are the top 10 Auburn football players to watch going into spring practices. And yeah, we're looking ahead to spring and we're, we're pumped about it. So uh, I think I started things off last time. I'm going to let you start. Who is your number 10? My number 10 is Chris Thompson Jr. Um, we've talked about him quite a bit. Uh, he is a true freshman, but I think he's one of the true freshmen that we could be looking at seeing um, a, a pretty decent amount of playing time early. Uh, you know, Obviously, he's here early for the spring, and I, I think he's got a chance to earn some playing time here during spring practice, and um, especially in the A-Day game, you know, he'll probably be playing with that second team defense. And so he'll get a chance to play safety against some of these first team wide receivers. And so I think he's got a real chance to, uh, to earn some minutes. I think we're going to hear some really good things about him and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can put out there. Yeah. I'm curious what his upside is this year. I, I think he's going to get some playing time. Is it going to be, is it going to be just reserve stuff? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Is he going to be able to crack a relevant, like the relevant playing time rotation? Mm-hmm. Uh, I genuinely don't know. It seems like he has the talent, but so much of what Kevin Steele does on the back end is kind of knowing what all is happening. I mean, we've seen really the the big plays that Auburn gave up last year were when guys were just out of position and they did the wrong thing. And so a freshman is more likely to do that than a, than a senior, typically. So we'll see. I think that's a great, great one. He's not on my list, but I think that is definitely a, a good one to look at. I do think he's going to do a lot on special teams, so he's... He's going to play this year. They're going to burn his red shirt, as I think they should. He's ready to contribute day one. Several articles on that with Keith Niebuhr at 247 talking about it. So, yeah, I like that. Very athletic. He uh, he will hit the stew out of you. Can he's, he can he kind of use those ball skills and that the, the the ability to cover as a freshman? We'll see. And he's a a big enough guy to contribute right away at 6'2", 200. I mean, he's not a guy that... Um, they need to get in and spend time in the weight room before he really, uh, really can contribute. His body's he's, there, yeah, yeah, sure. And he's getting in there early, so mm-hmm. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna have some development already. We saw that with Bo Nix last year. I mean, his time coming in in January versus his body when he started the season. I mean, he he gained some weight. So yeah, okay, cool. I like that. My number ten is Big Cat Bryant, and I, I think he's gonna take that step forward. I think he has a chance to be one of the best defenders on the team next year. If you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, you've heard me talk about how good I think Big Cat Brian is going to be next year. The reason he's kind of low on this list, I wanted to give him a nod, but he is already established, right? You know he's going to be a starter going into the 2020 season. 
but he's a guy that that I think yeah, his floor. I think even his floor is a, one of the better defensive ends in the SEC. So I'm going with Big Cat Brian at number ten. Yeah, he is not on my list, but I do. Uh, I do like that pick. Uh, he's not a guy I actually thought of to put on here, but mm-hmm. you know that could be because he's expected to be a starter, and so right. um, I don't really. I don't want to say he's not a guy to watch because you're right. We could hear that he is taking huge steps forward and, you know, is playing really well. So um, I like that pick, but he's he is not on my list. Do you think with him, his supporting cast, he's going to have lost a good amount of his supporting cast? Is that mm-hmm. going to make a difference on his performance next year? Or I, I think it's going to. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to. He's but... going to have to step up. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we will hear that he is doing that in the spring. Yeah. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Who's number ten? Did you like more, Brett? I I didn't even think of Thompson. I mean, that's a big that's a big pick, that's a good and, one. I, and I think that's really reasonable based on rotation in the <laughs> secondary. I mean, that makes that makes sense. I big cats. I I think he he's shown that he's going to do well. I think we've seen glimpses of him yeah. at, up to this point. I think it's going to be an opportunity for him to shine next year. Uh, both of those are great picks. All right, my number nine is running back DJ Williams. I think he's going to be Auburn's starter next year, but we kind of know. Who he is as a running back doesn't have that elite downhill speed, but I do think he has the ability to attack the line. He is, I like that he's not necessarily a patient runner. He is a one-cut guy. And based on, you know, especially early in Auburn's season, before the offensive line really gels, I think you're going to need a guy that is unafraid to attack the holes. And I think DJ Williams is that guy. I think he's a powerful runner. I think he has a tendency to fall forward due to his pad level. Um, so DJ Williams is my number nine guy to watch, mainly because you kind of know what he is, but you just need him to kind of keep keep taking the proper steps forward that you kind of expect an Auburn running back to take that got a lot of reps as a freshman and taking that step to being a sophomore player. Um, he is not on my list because of the reasons you just said there at the end. Um, I think that we kind of know what he is, and I think that we're going to hear the least about him um, compared to the other running backs, and not because he's not as good. I mean, he could be the best running back at camp, and I think he'll be the least, he'll still be the least heard about guy. Okay. I just think so much of the focus is going to be on the other guys in that running back room that I just don't, I don't, I don't know. I guess I don't necessarily consider him one of the guys to watch. I think the way we interpreted this is different, and I think Me that's going to be good. I think we're going to have a re- very, very different list. Yeah. Like, we, a, a lot. Go ahead. You've seen two different types. You've seen kind of running back committee, mm-hmm. and you've seen Malzahn fall on or focus on one running back. And that backfield is crazy packed right now, right? And yeah, you think it, he, at least on paper, yeah. I mean, do you think and you've got Tank Bigsby coming in? I I, I, th- I like the product he was putting out last year. I thought it was going. I think that's going to show this next season too. Um, but I, it's just so crowded in the backfield. It's hard to tell who's going to be. It, if it's going to be by committee, if it's going to have two or three running backs. Or if we're going to lean heavy on one one person. Yeah, the by committee sounds so good on paper, but we just haven't seen it actually happen yet. Mm-hmm. And until it actually happens, I'm going to assume that it's going to be 
a workhorse back with kind of some supporting characters. But yeah, Bray, I mean, you're right. This is a very good group, very talented group, very inexperienced group. But until until we see Malzahn create a running back by committee in his offense, I'm just going to assume it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Michael, who's your number nine? Uh, my number nine is a guy who um, I, I've given you a lot of flack for a couple of times. Um, Shail Garnett. Yes. Uh, I think he's a player to watch because he's a little bit of an unknown commodity with huge upside. And they have. He's a baby goat. Yeah. We, you know, they've kind of said as much. He's a guy that um, we know is incredibly athletic, but played in a system in his senior year of high school that ran the ball an absurd amount. And so um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think he's a player to watch because he could come out and have a great spring and lock down that backup quarterback job, and he could have a great A-day. And like you said, I could have to eat some of my words there, but um, I think it's it's he is definitely a player to watch because we there's a huge question mark behind Bo Nix you know, in that quarterback room, and he could be a guy to really emerge in the spring. Yeah, he's definitely got a chance, you know, Painters come on the show, and I, I, I've said it as well. I don't think they really want to play Cord Sandberg, but well, say I mean as of right now, I, I would guess that Cord Sandberg would be more likely to be the backup than Garnett. But can mm-hmm. he fight for it? And I think they're going to give him the opportunity to do so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's not on my list, but I'm really happy he's on yours. I love him. I wanted to include. A few freshmen and not have overly, you know, not have an overly freshman packed list because I know the freshmen are kind of a. Uh, a I mean, most freshmen don't play. Yeah. And, you know? and, and I, they're kind of the uh, what's on the mind right now since they are the newcomers to campus. Yeah. And so um, I, I did want to have a couple guys on there that we could really look out for and see, you know, how they perform. Um, and. I've said it a couple of times on this show. I think that backup quarterback is, I mean, that's it's ex- important. It's extremely important. So that's why the, these last two guys are on my list. Brad, what do you think between our number nines? I went DJ Williams. He went Shiloh Garnett. Impact wise, I think DJ Williams is going to be. You're going to see more of DJ. Yeah, I don't. I think Sandberg will move to the third third spot. And he'll just be the sideline s- signal caller. Yeah, I mean, that, that's you. been his role so far. So I don't know that he has a problem with that. To be honest, I, I think that's what he wants. Yeah, yeah. All right, Michael, you go with us. Yeah, I think that's why he's here. Uh, you do. Uh, you go number eight first. Uh, my number eight is a guy that before we started really looking into spring, I kind of forgot existed. You've brought him up now a couple times. Okay, Nehemiah Pritchett. Sure. Um, we've talked about him a bunch. He's got a chance to to lock down that second boundary corner spot. Um, we we obviously think Roger McCreary is going to be the number one corner, and so he uh, Nehemiah Pritchett's got a chance to lock down the other side of the field. Is Damio on your list anywhere? He's not because he's not going to be here this spring. Oh, that, yeah. That's and nice. so uh, I think it's a great window here for Pritchett to really step up and be like, this is my spot when Damio comes in in the fall or I guess the summer. He's going to have to come He's going to have to come take it from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's why I, I've got Pritchett on my list because I think – it'll be very interesting to see if he can step up and do that this spring. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. 
Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Cool. I love Nehemiah Pritchett. I love his upside. I think he's going to be a stud for Auburn next year. He's not on my list. My number eight is Shedrick Jackson. I've built this guy up so much in my head. I mean, clearly Auburn needs a number two wide receiver opposite of Seth Williams. And unless it's a freshman, I don't know really who else it could be. I don't think it's going to be Eli Stove. I don't think it's Matthew Hill. He may not even play receiver next year. And I, I just don't think it's Schwartz. And Wait, Hill might not play receiver next year? That's 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 what's going around on message boards. And he was recruited by a lot of schools to be a safety. And one of the big reasons that he came to Auburn was because he was going to get the look at receiver. Um, is that a depth issue on the in the back end, or is that something I he think, wants to do? I, I don't think he's getting it. Because uh, he's, he's had opportunities mm-hmm. with, with receivers going down, with Schwartz going down, and with Seth Williams missing some time. I mean, there's been plenty of opportunities for him to step up. And it just hasn't really happened. So it, it may be, you know, hey, this is what's best for me kind of thing because you've got a chance to do something on the defensive, um, in the defensive backfield there. So and then I, I don't, I don't see Schwartz being the number two guy just because of the type of receiver and it just really seems like Auburn's kind of put Schwartz in a box to mm-hmm. an extent. So I think Shedrick Jackson has a chance to be on the field a lot more because of his ability to block. And, I mean, Sal Canella was one of the top three or four receivers for Auburn as far as playing time last year. It seems like he was always on the field because he blocks so well. And I know Chad Morris is going to come in, and he's going to have different types of personnel. You may run more or less three-receiver stuff. I'm not sure. We'll have to see. But I think almost by default, Shedrick Jackson has the best chance to be the number two wide receiver next year. Does any of that change with more of a traditional type tight end we may be seeing with Chad Morris? Because I know that we've recruited instead of that H back hybrid type deal, Auburn sure. Auburn is looking at having those two from and then the the freshman. Heel. Yeah. So it, you, so you, you get five you get five skill positions, assuming you go five linemen and a quarterback. So it's do you go three receivers, a running back, and a tight end? So if that's the case, I think if you have a tight end that's on the field more. You probably have less H back, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or or you're going empty more, or you're going to go a tight end, an H back, a running back, two wide receivers. So I do think it affects it, yeah. Because I think if there's a tight end on the field, there's going to be one less receiver. There's sure. probably going to be a running back, even if you are empty. So mm-hmm. yes, I, I do think it affects it. I don't know who that receiver or that tight end is going to be, uh, Michael. You and I've talked about that in the, the list episodes that we did last week, as far as. We've um, talked about it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and we're probably going to continue to talk about it. But yeah, Brett, to answer your question, I, I do think it's affected by that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, or I think it's your number seven now because I did ten, you did ten and nine. I did nine and eight. You did eight, so now you're up to seven. Cool. Whose eight did you like more, Brett? Tell me. Tell me again. It was uh, I went Shedrick Jackson. He went Nehemiah Pritchett. The Pritchett. Oh, unbelievable. The Pritchett. All right. My number seven is Connus Miller, the defensive tackle. I think the defense needs him. I think the defense needs him Stop. to step up. Did you put him at seven? Oh, my God. We get one of these every time we do this, man. He's my number seven, too. How about that? Brett, which one do you like more? Y'all are so cute. Yeah, we are cute. So cute. We have so much in common. Uh, Yeah, but the, the defense needs him to step up, right? And I, oh, yeah. I, think, I think if Connus Miller steps up and is the player that 
I think both of us think that mm-hmm. he could be. Brett, I don't know how high you are on Connus Miller or not, but we think he's going to be really good. He's also a great follow on Twitter, so you, you got to love that. You got to root for the guy. But I want to see him use that power off of his first step. He's got a great frame. He, I mean, he looks like a Rodney Garner defensive uh, defensive tackle. I want to see him use that first step, use that power with his hands, and I want to see him beat up all of these interior linemen that are fighting for those spots. You know, there's going to be a lot of lot of competition for Auburn's guard positions next year, and I want Connus Miller to to beat the heck out of those guys to make them better. I, I, if Connus Miller performs well in practice and on the field, obviously, but in practice. He's going to make Auburn better as a team, one on the defensive side of the ball because of what he's doing, but I think he's going to make the Auburn offense better as well. So that is why he's my number seven player to watch this spring. Is that the in that the question though? Is there going to be a drop off, or is there going to be a continuation of talent? Because there's a lot of talent that is leaving off that line. Or yeah. moving on and a top tier talent. Mm-hmm. So the I mean, I think that's a huge question coming into next year. Is, is it going to be the same push? That the this line got the same talent level, um, that's a huge question to me. I I think it's unrealistic to expect this year's defensive line to be as good as last year's. Sure. When you were talking about a top ten pick in Derek Brown and a guy who could sneak into the for, could sneak into the first round in Marlon Davidson, um, but you're exactly right. Can they be a you know, maybe not a dominant defensive line, but a very good defensive line. They're going to get a lot of help from the linebackers. Yeah, it's how good, how big is that drop-off going to be? Yeah, well, and, I, last year the linebackers got so much help from the defensive line, mm-hmm. I think those roles are going to switch a little bit. I think the, the, line, uh, the linebackers are going to help out the defensive line. And I think this season you could have, instead of having Derek Brown, the dominant defensive tackle, and, you know, the guy playing next to Derek Brown, who was a slew of guys who all performed very admirably at times this season. You could have, you know, two bona fide, very good interior defensive linemen in Tyron Truesdale and either Connus Miller or Daquan Newkirk, Daquan Newkirk or um, Zacchaeus Walker, the defensive tackle that's uh, Juco DN Dre Butler. Yeah. Um, and, and so Connus Miller is on my list because. I want him, just like Nehemiah Pritchard, I'm looking for him to step up and say, this is my position. Someone is going to have to like really show up in fall camp to take this from me um, and maybe even push Truesdale for that number one spot, make mm-hmm. Truesdale better. So that is why he is on my list. I'm excited for this defensive line. I think there's a lot of playing time to be had. There's a lot of... Um, impact to be made on, on games in pra- and in practices. Well, it, it's up to this defensive line to get this offensive line ready. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no experience coming back. That's one of the bigger stories. Now, I'm, I'm excited about it because I think they have a lot of raw ability, but it's up to this defensive line to help beat them up and get them ready for SEC play. So, mm-hmm. uh, you your turn to go first, right? Number six? Yes. My number six is Bo Nix. Um, I know that this is not like the other ones on my list. This is a guy we know is going to be a starter. Uh, but I'm looking to see if we hear reports that Bo Nix is, you know, quote-unquote, taking the next step. Yeah, uh, that's, that's that's the big question. I'm very interested to hear how, you know, he's fitting in in Chad Morris's offense, which is obviously very similar to Gus's offense. But I'm, I'm still – I'm interested to hear how much better he's getting under um, – Chad Morris, how how he's gelling with the wide receivers. Um, I'm 
I think he's a player to watch, not only because he's the starting quarterback, but because from your freshman to your sophomore season, you should take a pretty sizable leap. Yeah, I'm 100% love all of that. Bo Nix is on my list. He is higher up. My number six is Brodarius Ham. I think there's a chance that he's going to be Auburn's best. Dude, guess what? What? He's also on my list. But higher but up. But higher up. How about that? What? Are we twins? We just Why? become best friends. Oh, well, we've, already, we, we've we been there, already. brother. <laughs> Come on, Brad. Brad, can you tell the difference between me and Michael? That's no. the big question. No. Who's who? When right. I close my eyes, I can't tell the difference. Love it. Um, yeah, I, I think Broderius Ham could be the best offensive player or offensive lineman on this team next year. We talked about him battling for guard spots. Uh, Brandon Marcello thinks that he's the favorite to start at right tackle. So, uh He's going to play next year. He's going to start, and it's kind of been his time. So um, I, I really like his ability. I really like, um, I don't know, there's just this vibe around the program that he is ready to take what's his. I mean, all these offensive linemen that are fighting for these spots have been on campus for a few years. They really haven't had a chance to fight for a job in a while, and it's finally open because Auburn returned everybody a year ago. There was a battle at center. That was it. And Brodarius Ham just strikes me as one of those guys, based on the things that I've heard, the things that I have seen, that he uh, he's going to be ready to take a job. He wants it, and so that's that's a big part of it. Is he the is he the leader that's going to keep the glue together on that line? Because you know that's important when you gel, when you know my guy to the right strength, my guy to the left strength. When they work together, is he that guy? Possibly. Possibly, I mean, Brahms is going to be the guy oh, that's coming saying, back. Yeah. I would uh, like he, that to be Nick Brahms. Um, but we haven't seen him really do that yet, I mm-hmm. don't think. It, it's best for Auburn if it's Nick Brahms. Um, I just I think he's had plenty of time to kind of step up and step forward, and I don't know if he's done it consistently, but we'll see. He's going to have a mm-hmm. different cast around him. That is not why Bradarius Ham is on my list, but okay. um, I will tell you why when we get there. That makes sense. Uh, I do agree with everything that you said, though. Sweet. Um, those all are like side reasons, I guess, that he's on my list. And we don't want to get past the next conversation, too. Michael, what what is a realistic expectation for him next year? Heisman. Is that realistic? <laughs> no. No. I mean, is it? I mean, is that? From where we sit right now, right this second, I don't think SEC Offensive Player of the Year is an unrealistic goal when you look at the other offensive talent that has a chance to win the award because there's not a ton of it. Yeah, a lot of guys left. It's been a. I feel like last year was an emotional roller coaster. I think his numbers hold up from how he did as a freshman, though. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you both agree on that? Yeah, the, and the numbers should improve. Um, you'd think that he would get that his completion percentage will probably go up just because of experience with the receivers since they're all coming back, yeah. and um, hopefully he'll be more confident in the pocket. Um, I think his running game is going to be better. I think his receiving core mm-hmm. is better. I think his the guy that's going to be calling plays will be better at it. So yeah, I, I think he's he's going to be in a much better situation moving forward. What, what does Auburn need from him though? I mean, do they need an all star or do they need someone that can just not turn over the ball. I don't think I know the answer to that yet. Okay, I I agree. I don't think I, I know don't... the answer to that. I mean, some you know some teams they need a quarterback that's just going to carry the whole dang thing. And, yeah, and... from a talent standpoint, from from you know the the first guy to the you know the the eighty fifth guy on this team. I think next year's team is more talented than last year's, but if the offensive line stinks, like, mm-hmm. yeah, Bo Nix does need to carry him. If the wide receivers don't pan out, then, like, yeah, Bo Nix does need to carry him. But if those guys step up like they're capable of, yeah, they just need a guy. Usually you can tell when the quarterback 
is making the wide receivers better. And usually you can tell when it's the opposite. I think last fall, um, Bo got a decent amount of help from his wide receivers, Mm -hmm. Seth Williams especially. And I would like that to be flipped in the fall. All right, we're halfway through. We will pick the rest of this up on Tuesday. Brett, what do you think of uh, what do you think of the list so far? I think it's great. There's a lot of information, a lot of things for folks for fan, Auburn fans to really focus on. There's a lot of names. You are so sweet. No, it's true. I mean, those, these are all guys that are going to make a huge difference. And and there's questions. There's questions as to what their performance level will be. Will these guys be just normal football players? Or are we actually looking at some all stars? I think from both of those lists, you're going to see. Some very, very talented players next year. Brett, where can people hear you? They can hear me <laughs> on, on this podcast this one time. Okay, fantastic. They can hear me Monday through Friday on Auburn Open Like This Morning with my favorite co-host and best friend in the whole world, Zach Black. Michael, that, oh, God. that's me. That was awkward. We're working towards it. Yeah. It's a All budding right. relationship. Where can people find and hear you, Michael Pappas? Uh, follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato, and you can watch me on Free Money Friday every day at 3 p.m. on ESPN 1067's Twitter account. Follow me on Twitter at DBlackerby. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.